I'm only doing this because it is unscripted with Mike and Chris. But do you ever get tired of walking into a convenience store and finding the usher slash clerk that sits here and wants to upsell you? I get so goddamn tired of that. I'm in there for one purpose. I'm not in there for conversation. I'm not in there for a life lesson. I'm in there to get something to drink before I come over to Chris's house and we tape up unscripted episodes. I don't need to be upsold on M&Ms. I don't care. I am so goddamn tired of it. I get it that it's it's part of the job description. I I don't know what the job description actually entails for an usher or a clerk, but I like usher better. Usher at a convenience store. What is the what is the the job description? You collect money and you say hi. I mean, I, I it it's not rocket science. Um, nobody from the Big Bang Theory now that they are done after 12 years and 270-some episodes, nobody is going to be going to look at Circle K to be a convenience store usher, but it can't be rocket science. People are in there to buy the whatever they're in at a convenience store. I could never eat a convenience store hot dog. That just looks disgusting to me. But I'm in there to purchase what I need to purchase, get gas, get my drink, whatever it is, but I don't need to be upsold, and I just had to say that. I just... I get so tired of that. I just really, really do. Um, I, I don't know why it bothers me, but it just, I said, can I help you? And it's like, take my money, God damn it. Leave the, leave the upsell. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want one of those, those hot dogs that could crawl into the bun by itself. I don't want one of those cheese dogs that's, that, that have been sitting there since the Lincoln administration. I don't want... I just want to purchase what I went in there to purchase. I just wish they could leave me alone. I guess I got to make a sign on my hat that says, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I thought your face already did that a lot of the time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Resting bitch face, my yeah. friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to say at 7-Eleven, I don't care what anyone says, one of the most delicious things on the face of the earth, and it's horrific, but I love it, is the Monterey Chicken Taquito. Oh, I, that is my guilty pleasure right there. Really? I, oh, I could eat those fucking things all really? day. Really? And as healthy as you are, you could oh, eat those damn things. Well, See, I think that would make my stomach turn. Oh, it's so good. Oh. Well, I, you know, the, the taste is probably there. Probably oh. not the best thing on the inside mm, for you. No. This happened to be a Circle K, which is huge down in the southwest United States, prevalent in the Phoenix area. Circle K has come up to Canada and purchased all the Macs, and now they're rebranding their whole thing as Circle K. But I just wish people would just let me do my thing, and I don't want to... How about, a, how about an extra uh, uh, package of M&Ms? No, thank you. Then he keeps going. Today I was actually nice to him until he got to the third thing, and then I finally just said, I just want a pie for the thing and leave me the hell alone. That's exactly what I said to him. I said, I said, no thank you to the first thing. I said, no thank you to the second thing. And by the second time, I'm boiling. And he comes with a third thing. Really? And it took every inch of my body, really, took every inch of my body not to tell this individual to go fuck himself. And for the people that think I swear too much, you can go fuck yourselves. A lot of things as we welcome you to this 347th as I control my blood pressure. Thankfully, these days with good medication, we welcome you to this 347th episode of Unscripted. Uh, Mike and Chris here with you. A lot of things to talk about. I'd like to, first of all, before I get Chris in here and have uh, to have him chime in to whatever I'm babbling on about, but 
I would like to wish all Canadians a very happy and safe Victoria Day, actual Victoria Day. Today is the actual Victoria Day, and we celebrate up here with the three days. Friday's basically a four-day weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Next weekend, of course, Labor Day weekend down in the United States. But this is Canada's version of Memorial Day. What did I say? Labor Day. Oh, you're right. It's Memorial Day. Labor Day is in in, uh, September. But Memorial Day weekend, the big car race next weekend in the States. But up here in Canada, this is our version of the long weekend. And I would like to say that hopefully everybody, as we near the end of this Victoria Day long weekend, I hope everybody makes it back and into work safely and soundly on Tuesday. I don't know obviously what the weather has been like in other parts of the great country of Canada, but I can tell you the weather here in Southern Alberta has been the shit. And, uh, so hopefully if you were planning on going camping, cause that's a big thing to do on <laughs> Victoria day weekend in Canada is go yeah. camping. Hopefully the people had a alternate plan B because I've sitting here going, I'm not a camper to me. Camping is staying at the Monte Carlo instead of the Venetian in Vegas. <laughs> uh, or your new one, Cosmo. Um, no Monte Carlo anymore, either. Monte Carlo's still around. Oh, it's called the Park MGM. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's not the Monte Carlo anymore. Uh, well, see, when you, when you you know, we're in my situation, I don't go to the Strip anymore. So, But I used to. There used to be a great pool at the Monte Carlo, or whatever Chris is calling it now. Right where the... The hockey arena is, is right where, as I knew it, as the old Monte Carlo and right next door was, uh, that would be New York, New York. They kind of shared driveways, if you will, with uh, Mobile One Arena in Las Vegas. But to me, yes, in the old days, camping for me was staying at the Monte Carlo instead of the Venetian. I love that. I love that analogy, actually, because I am not a camper no. at all. Never have been. We spent our summers at the lake, but we had like a nice two-story But can you cabin. imagine, dude, if you're sitting there and you have a big camping weekend planned and you didn't look at the weather report, or maybe you were just hoping it gets better because, you know, in Alberta, especially here at the base of the Canadian Rocky Mountains in Calgary, a lot of times when the weather goes bad, wait 15 minutes and it changes. Unfortunately, this week it has been shitty all weekend long. We've gotten a lot of rain. The only really good people that have enjoyed the long weekend have been people that are in the landscaping or lawn business because the rain has done wonders for your lawn. But um, I can't imagine, A, sitting in a tent for four days, but B, if it's raining and after you drank your face off on the first night, and got sick and did all your other stuff that you got to do. And you've got three more days of rain. What do you do? And again, I, I won't have any inclination or any want to find out. But what do you do in a tent? Even if you had a camper, you could have something solid to sit in. But if you're sitting out there in a tent for three days, besides packing up and leaving, which is really, really hard to do when it's wet, what would you do for three days in a wet tent? Okay, <laughs> this is almost like my Circle K for you. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I just not just camping, but specifically camping on May Long. Okay, mm. every year you hear about this. The campers come back and they say, like, "Oh, we just packed up early. <laughs> oh, it rained on us. Oh, it snowed on us. Shut the <laughs> fuck up." Okay, number one. Camping is your life with less. That's all it is. Yes. Oh, I agree. That's it. You Absolutely. have your life. And now you're going to still have your life, but with less. Right. You chose that. You right. did that to yourself. And number two, I appreciate you've been stuck inside all winter, 
Nobody who's sane likes the Canadian winters. We just deal with it because it's a decent place otherwise and decent society to live and most of the world's a joke. I get that. That's fine. You've been cooped up. You want to get out. I want to get out too. I want it to be summer. I want to sit on patios. Wonderful. Have a few drinks. Great. We can all appreciate that, I think. But... It's May long. It's a running punchline. It happens every year. You get snowed on, you get rained on. The weather's magically shit. Even if April and May were good otherwise, as soon as May long hits, it's the shits every year. And you haven't learned by now. You're not going to learn. And I'm just going to keep laughing at you and keep rooting <laughs> against you. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm usually like team human. Like I'm like, go people. And I don't normally like to see others suffer anything. But the two exceptions I can think of, I want it to rain and snow and sleet all over people when they go camping on May Long. And if I'm watching a video with a human against a bull, I'm cheering for the bull every time. I want the bull to shove his horn directly up the anus and to be stuck on the anus and him to spin around the guy by his anus on the horn. Those are the two things where I am not team human. Go fuck yourself if you're not on my side here. Oh, I'm right there with you, partner. Good. No question. Good. I Yeah, I like that. Uh, when you go camping, you're living with less. I like that. It's your life with less. I get That's it. That's all it is. No question. There's no thing. It's I, just... I'd stay in a Motel 6. Sure. Before I'd stay in a tent. Sure. Even without continental breakfast in the morning. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't I, get it either. You know what it's like? It, it actually reminds me of my whole life. I've asked people two things. Why do you go camping? Why do you smoke cigarettes? I have not gotten one good answer ever. Mm-hmm. And I've asked both but hundreds and hundreds of times. Not one good answer one time. Never. Nothing. I People do it because other people do it. And you, know what it you know what's actually a brilliant way to sum it up? Is there was that great, I think it was a car commercial. Have you ever seen it? And I I think I actually mentioned it a long time ago on Unscripted. But there's that commercial where you see these two people. They're like laying at home in bed. And and their alarm goes off early, like 5.30 or 6 a.m. Their alarm starts going off. And they're like, oh, crap. And they jump out of bed. And they're rushing like they're getting ready for work or something. But they're like, what are they doing? And they're rushing to the car. And they like get in the car. And they just gun it out. And they they head to this campground. And they go like diving into this tent. And then they like, and then everyone else is waking up. They pretend that they just got up and they were camping the whole time. It's conspicuous consumption. It's about doing it to make yourself look cool to other people. That's what it is. And that's a brilliant commercial. I just wish I remembered which car company it was. I do remember that now. That people that that set up camp and then go back home, sleep in their beds and come back. Oh, no, we went camping. Or like, or there's another one actually where it's just a bunch of dumb young millennials. And all they do is they literally, they take, they got the canoe, they got the whole car loaded up. They got all the stuff strapped to the roof. They literally pull up make a campfire and then they just take pictures of themselves like like look over camping and then they pack everything up and go and they're there for like 10 minutes but they get to have the picture like look we went camping we're super cool right it's like and then that. they go back and sit in a bar yeah, at home exactly, yeah yeah um i i don't know i i don't get it i remember we took one camping trip as a family it oh, wow. ended horribly wow this is when jack and joan were still together oh i thought you meant like your immediate family now oh god no no, my girls feel the same way I do about camping. We, again, not to sound repetitive as I say a lot, but our form of camping is staying at the old Monte Carlo versus staying at the Venetian. I like, I like that, that um, analogy. They're, they're just, there's no way you can get me in the woods. We tried. There were three kids, myself, my brother, my sister, and my two parents. We went, this, was, this had to have been 35 years ago, and we went camping, and it just poured. And it poured when we got there. It poured when we set up. You know, you do the cards, you do the whatever. And then the next morning, Jack just says, basically, fuck this. 
And we pack all up and we head back so home. So why did he want to go in the first place? Because he thought that it was something he should do. He thought there it's something, you, you know, again, he thought it was something that we should do as a family. Um, our My family is, is not a, a group of fishermen. We, we're golfers um, as our summer activity. We like to sit on a beach, but it's with a, you know, uh, a, a Coleman cooler f- f- full of adult beverages. And we just like to sit there and veg. And we don't really want to do anything that really takes a lot of thinking. Um, we like to throw a ball or a Frisbee or whatever. But we've had great holidays in Jamaica and uh, all over the world. But on beaches, not sitting in a tent in a wet, muddy campsite, having to build a fire to make food. Screw that. That's what restaurants are for. And uh, we tried it. Jack made it 24 hours, and uh, I have never. And I've seen him pissed off a lot in my 54 years of life. Um, But I have never seen anyone that pissed off trying to pack up. If you think it's hard to set up camp in the rain, it's even worse breaking down the campsite in the rain and trying to shove it in to an old VW camp mobile. Um, It just... I have never seen my father that upset, and we never spoke again of <laughs> camping in general, mm-hmm. and anything we did as a family from that point on involved a hotel stay and airplane and airports and airplanes, not driving to sit in the mud and get all smelling full of smoke, and uh, nope, 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 Monte Carlo versus the Venetian, that's camping to me. You would have liked my summers growing up. We spent all our summers at the lake, at Madge Lake, Saskatchewan, pretty much uh, just right next to the border of Manitoba. And uh, we had a two-story cabin. It was also my grandparents' summer home. And you would have loved my dad's days because every day my dad would get up and have a tea time of approximately 6.03 in the morning. And he would go through. He'd sometimes do 36 holes. And he just had a great time. And then by the time we're all getting up and about... (laughs) He's home. Yeah, he's home. Uh, my grandma would have made fresh buns or fresh cinnamon buns, which we'd be making or we'd be eating in the morning. We'd all have a nice uh, lunch out in the kind of the gazebo type of a thing. And it was great. And then uh, for the afternoon, we'd get out the boat. We would just boat all afternoon. I'd go tubing behind the boat with my friend Trevor and we'd just hang out. Then we'd go to the beach and we'd just lay on the beach with a uh, Coleman cooler, like you say. And then in the evening, we'd just whatever, play some games, play some Monopoly, play some Ramoli, whatever. And it was a, a great, great summer. Just just a nice thing. My parents are and grandparents are all about happy hour, four o'clock on the nose. <laughs> oh, that sounds like my house in Vegas now. Four o'clock. Oh, yeah. Four o'clock, at, and it doesn't matter. And unfortunately, my father at now 81, he'll be 82 in a month, is starting to lose his memory a little bit. He can forget birthdays. He can forget people's names, but he doesn't forget about four o'clock. Four o'clock signifies Steve Harvey with Family Feud and Vodka Gimlets. And seven ice cubes, three shots, a little bit of lime juice, and let's get the party started. It's amazing. Some of the things that he can forget, but the things that he remembers, his golf swing and four o'clock cocktail hour. It is amazing. Yeah, and you know, that was our summers, the clockwork, four o'clock, happy hour, 100%. And there were a lot of great things about that, but never... Never had to do the, the camping thing. And, and also with my dad, I mean, I would go, as a kid, I would go fishing with my grandpa. And he just loved to sit there and fish. And yeah. that, that was my mom's dad. And my dad, 
you couldn't make him fit. My no. dad said he went fishing one time yeah. and he just sat there and was like, this is it? Like my dad has to be doing something all the time. Uh, and if it's not hanging out with my mother, it's either golfing or watching golf. Yeah. Those are the two things or doing chores. Sure. Sure. So those are, sure. that's it. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, he's, he's like you. I think like, our fathers yeah. are a lot alike in, in some ways. They're both golf maniacs yeah. and, yeah. Uh, their lives, especially my father, his life revolves around golf. Um, he's either playing it, practicing it or watching it. Yeah. And I swear, I, I'll say this right now. Um, and this is unscripted, so we can say this. If my father were lo- to lose his ability to play golf, you might as well put him in the ground. And we talked about that yesterday. Um, you know, um, his, we talked about losing a little bit more of his memory day by day. It's an ongoing thing, but the day that he forgets his morning tea times, uh, five out of the seven days a week, he takes Wednesdays off for ladies day and Saturdays off for whatever. But, uh, the other five days of the week, he plays at least 18 holes. And, uh, if you take that away from him, I think you might as well put him in the ground. And he agreed with me a hundred percent. Hmm. You know, um, there's not much to his life anymore at 80, at almost 82, but, uh, you take away the ability to swing a golf club or watch a golf club, golf club being swung. Easy for me to say, um, you might as well put him six feet under. Well, I just, I, you know, and you maybe got that from him, the love of golf and uh, you're right. And I just, I don't, I mean, I've gone with you and my dad once in a while, but just, I just, I I can do it, and I just don't have the I love think your of it. Dad, I think your dad probably did a little bit more with you, because I found your dad to be an unbelievably oh, sure. gracious man. Oh, sure. But if you wanted to spend time with my dad, especially during his football coaching days, you had to go to practice, or you had to play golf with him. Otherwise, you wouldn't see him. And um, so that's... You know, that's where the, the love of golf. My brother doesn't have that same love of golf. My sister doesn't have that same love of golf. So, um, but maybe, and maybe it's just how you're wired. Maybe you would have liked golf either way. Um, you know, may I, you know, I've, I've often wondered that. Um, but I, I don't, th- I don't think it would have been as ingrained, obviously, if it had been, if I didn't have the relationship with a golf fanatic like my father. And, uh, my father didn't go fishing. My father didn't, do anything. I mean, he obviously played ball with us as kids. That's why we became pretty good athletes. But um, once we got to a certain stage, he had football practice starting in June um, in high school. And then obviously earlier when he was a defensive coordinator. Uh, But you could see him at football practice games on Friday or Saturday, depending on collegiate or or, uh, high school. And then uh, on a golf course somewhere near somewhere near he was a golf course i think for me when i get to be that age my version of that i think will be playing poker yeah well absolutely like like i'd love to retire in vegas like jack and my thing would be to go and play some omaha high low at the orleans and just uh just relax there i think i'm glad you said the orleans because people a lot of times don't realize this about las vegas is that um on the strip is a different breed of animal than there is off-the-strip mm-hmm. casinos. As you've heard many times on this program, there are 76 registered casinos in the Las Vegas, Southern Nevada area. And they're obviously the most popular ones are the ones that most mainstream culture know about are the ones on the Las Vegas Strip. But let me tell you, folks, there are some really good ones that aren't on the Las Vegas Strip. And I think, personally, and I'm biased, 
But I think the games are better. The play is better with the locals uh, in the local casinos because, A, they know Mm -hmm. you can't afford to lose a lot or you're not going to live in Las Vegas very long. And, B, ultimately, um, they are there more as... Well, the people that are down the strip are only there for three and four days and they have a wad of money and they go and either, you know, piss it all away real quick or whatever. But the people that live there, they've got games that they go to and they've got specific casinos that they oh, go yeah. to. And, and like, like we have a connection with the Suncoast, uh, which you've heard uh, Chris talk about with Dan, his connectivity with Daniel Negranu, the great poker player. That's my casino. My father loves another casino called the Santa Fe Casino out in the burbs of Las Vegas. And then there's a really beautiful one, the Red Rock Casino, which is off of Charleston. But those, all three of those uh, casinos that I've just mentioned are at least 25, 20 to 25 miles away from the Las Vegas Strip. And that's why I didn't know that the Monte Carlo doesn't exist anymore because there's no reason for me to go down to the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, well, no, regulars and locals would never... Uh, go to the strip most of the time. I mean, you're going to go to the off-strip well, regulars casinos like the Orleans, or I mean, Dana White plays at the Palms. Right. Right. I think he's. I think he plays at Palace Station sometimes mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. also off the strip there. But no, actually, the, and and I agree with you, and you're more likely to get a regular pace of play and, and have more people know what they're doing and not be annoying to play with when you're at a regulars casino for sure. I know you're a, you're a world-class poker player. I get that. And someday I want to sit down with you and, and I want you to teach me how. I know how to play the game. I don't know the communication of it where you, like, you're at a table and you're in a five, guy, five guys and one guy, he puts it down. And I don't get that. You just that, don't get the betting structure. I don't get the structure. You, you have to know, yeah. So it depends if it's limit or no limit. Right. right? If it's no limit, you can just bet whatever you want all right. the time. If it's I, limit, I get that, uh, yeah. but I don't see when you when you raise and and I don't get that part of it sure. because when I play in Vegas, I'm a huge blackjack player. What I'm getting at is I've been on the strip and I've walked out of the casino and this happened to be at the Venetian years ago mm-hmm. when a guy dealer had a six up, mm-hmm. so you got to assume that that's a sixteen, mm-hmm. okay? And so there's only at that point there's only five cards that can beat you, okay? So. I've seen weekend warriors, and, and and this is really bad about the Californians that come in. I've seen, and I don't know if they're from California, but you wouldn't believe the onslaught of cars that come into Las Vegas on Friday afternoon and then leave on Sunday morning. And I-15 to and from Los Angeles is like a parking lot. It's just, if you have to leave Sunday morning, do it. Get on the highway before 11 a.m. Otherwise, it is going to be an eight-hour ride back to Los Angeles because it's stop, start, stop, I've start, experienced stop. that. I know you have. But what I'm getting at is you would never see what I'm about to tell you. You'd never see this happen in an off-strip casino. Six is up. Dealer's showing a six. You have to assume it's 16. There's only five cards that can beat you. The guy next to me split fucking queens. What? <laughs> yeah, guy split queens. Guy's got 20. There's, n- there's there. never a reason to split queens. Never. 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 But Doesn't that's what I'm what saying. No matter what the dealer's showing. But see, this guy was drunk. He's, you know, he comes in flashing big money. He's got his Mr. T starter kit on. He's got all the cologne in the world on. He s- smells like hell. And then he sits down at a casino table and he doesn't know how to play. And for some reason, with a six showing, he split queens. And what happened was, because of the cards that he took, mm-hmm. guess what the dealer got? 
The dealer, because he had to give two or three cards to idiot boy next to me, dealer then gets a five, 21 beats us all. Um, that's when I walked off the casino table and I have not played in a strip casino since because I am just, I don't have, especially now, I don't have the money that I used to. And so I can't be that free willy with my money. And if I've got a guy that's splitting Queens when the dealer's showing six, I need to get off that table right now. Cause yeah, that's, that's well, going to be a problem and I'm going to lose money and I'm stupid if I stay, then I deserve to lose money. Yeah. Well, no, blackjack is something that the table has to play as a team against Correct. the dealer. Everybody, you should never sit down if you don't know that one thing at the very least. And if you have to, and if you don't know what you're doing, it's okay. If you're not sure what to do, you right. can, you can ask the fellow Absolutely. players and you can ask the, don't be afraid. Be like, Hey guys, what should I do here? I don't want to mess up the table. That's right. Like, uh, what, what do you guys think? And like, like help me out here. What do you think the best? And nobody who's sitting with you is rooting against you. They're Correct. all, everybody's a team there. You don't, nobody gets any excitement of anyone else sitting at the table losing except the dealer. That's right? right. You have to look at it as a team with blackjack. That was the first thing I ever played in a casino was blackjack. Me and my buddy Jeff used to go and play in Yorkton when that casino opened the paint at hand casino in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. And uh, yeah, we used to play $2 blackjack back in the 90s. And and it was I think the first time we ever met went, we each made over $60 playing $2 blackjack. Like that's, that's, you were, you were oh, playing yeah, well. We had no idea. You were playing well. We had no idea how well that was. I remember there was actually one time at the Old Elbow Casino in Calgary when it was just right next to kind of where it is, like mm-hmm. right on the river there. It was a right. really cramped little room. I was playing, it must have been $5 blackjack. And I was just winning. I was I was up about 120 bucks, and I was just staying there. And I was just uh, up and down, but usually around plus 120. And eventually, they literally had... And I wasn't doing anything special. I was just playing. No. Um, and... Uh, they they have they eventually had a couple people like come over and watch me and like they thought I was counting cards or something. Really? Yeah, like playing five dollar blackjack. Yeah, come on, like, like come on, like they're like looking like looking at me strange and they saw that I was just doing whatever. Like yeah. I'm and plus if and here's one key to uh for if someone's really counting cards they're not tipping generally because the the oh, the yeah. that's one giveaway. The edge is so small because even if you're an amazing card counter, which is an incredibly difficult skill, mm-hmm. even if you're a great card counter, your edge is like it's like 50.1%. Like it's tiny. Like it's really that's really minuscule. It's minuscule. Yeah. It's razor thin. So if you tip, you're hurting your it's too much of the bottom line. I mean, unless you're playing like 10,000 bucks a hand you're tipping a dollar or something like I mean you'd have to it's so it's so razor sharp so that's one giveaway if you're ever watching that someone's not tipping it's like oh I wonder if this guy's counting cards for sure great tip right right but anyway no the reason actually the number one reason I said the Orleans more than anything else was because that's just my favorite game is Omaha 8 Omaha high low Omaha 8 or better and uh, it's tough to find that game, even in Vegas. It's tough yeah, to find it that game anywhere else. Like, yeah. you can't find it in Alberta. They don't have split pot games at all because the dealers uh, can't well, handle it probably. you know what? I didn't even know there was an Omaha. I mean, I knew that there was an Omaha 8 game at the Orleans, but I couldn't give you, of the 76 or 75 other casinos, I couldn't name five of them that have Omaha 8. Uh, the you up- probably could, but... Well, no, the, there's the odd one that'll have, like, once or twice a week. I think... I think Caesar's Palace like, like on might a have Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, or something? I think Caesar's Palace has a Thursday and maybe a Tuesday tournament, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. But like, if you go to the Orleans, you can get a. There's regular Omaha Eight or Better games going all the time yeah. and at all levels, and you can uh, you can play there. And I just it's such a fun game for me. 
And uh, I mean, Omaha High, like just regular Omaha, you can play that in Calgary. Like Omaha, you can find uh, and you can easily find in Vegas. But uh, a split pot where the high takes half and the right. low takes half, right. uh, that's harder to find. And, and I really like the Orleans for that. And it's a, it's a, it's a really fun place to play. And uh, yeah, I just I, I always have a nice time playing and there. And the Orleans is only about five miles off the strip on Tropicana. So, yeah. you know, you could uh, realistically, you know, get a pretty cheap... Uh, yeah, pretty cheap uh, cab, cab ride. Uber, Lyft. Right, right. Uh, we've been taking Uber and Lyft in Vegas lately, and it's it's so much cheaper, and the conversations are more interesting. There's 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 really cool people that you meet that are driving Uber and Lyft, and yeah. it's 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 really cool. And they're uh, they're, t- they're 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 making a bite. I mean, I know that the cabs in Vegas are so regulated, and you get some decent cabbies there yep. too, much more likely to get that than in a regular city that's not Vegas. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're, and they still, they still get kind of the, probably the best spots, the cabs. Oh, for sure. Right. But they get the preferential spots. No question. But Uber and Lyft are getting their, like they have their own spots now, which of course, a few years ago would have been unthinkable. Correct. And, uh, now they're, they're getting that. So we've really, we really enjoyed using Uber and Lyft most of the time we were really trying to do that. So, uh, yeah, love talking about Vegas. Well, I'm glad we talked sports this uh, 203, 347th episode of Unscripted. We'll get to that in our later episodes this week. Obviously, we've got a lot of things to talk about. Congratulations to Brooks Kepka, who wins his fourth major championship in the world of golf. He wins his, again, fourth championship in the last eight tries. That's just incomprehensible as to what he's doing out there. He almost, almost pissed it away. Back nine yesterday, DJ made a run, but uh, again, Brooks uh, Kepka, congratulations. Uh, Brooks, DJ, Tiger Woods are your favorites in, and it's only three weeks away, the U.S. Open in Pebble Beach out in uh, Carmel, California. Uh, some news, breaking news today in regarding to the soap opera uh, known as my former favorite National Basketball Association team, Los Angeles Lakers. Magic Johnson made an appearance this morning on first break. We've got some details about that. Obviously, we've got to talk about the ongoing Stanley Cup playoffs. The East is set. We know the Boston Bruins are in, still trying to differentiate who's going to be the winner of the Western Conference Finals between the St. Louis Blues and the San Jose Sharks. Let me give you a little hint as to what we're going to talk about, folks. San Jose needs to get some players healthy real quick or this series is going to be over tomorrow night in St. Louis. Oh, they need to catch some breaks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you care? The CFL and the CFL Players Association, they came to an agreement on a revised new collective bargaining agreement. CFL training camps opened on Sunday across the country of Canada. Now, let me ask you, that new team that's playing in the Maritimes, they play this year, right? I think so. I, I don't know. I haven't seen a damn thing about them. That's what uh, concerns me a little uh, bit. That's that great. Uh, what are they called? The the, uh, Atlantic, the Atlantic schooners, something like that. Schooners, yeah, I think. Yeah, right. and each each game is is in one of the three or four provinces out there. But at least now the CFL has a ten team league, so they don't have uh, four teams in the west or east and five teams. Oh well, yeah, you is. can't have where it, every week you have to have a buy, right? Especially it's in a ridiculous. tiny league, it was totally. You have to have an even number of. We've teams. got some boxing news. We've got some football news from both the collegiate level and the National Football League. So we've got a lot of things to talk about it, but we'll get right to it after we wrap up things here on episode number 347. And I've got to say, episode 347 has been one of my favorite episodes of all time. <laughs> there you go. See? And it's unscripted, so we can do that. Having said all that, for the boss of Unscripted, the executive producer of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.